Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It's called Trinity Sunday, and in the church it's generally celebrated on the first Sunday after Pentecost. It's a time in which not only we remember God's wonder and power as he comes to us in the guises of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's also a time to give thanks for our place within God's power and love. That's what I want to talk about in our message for today, which is based on one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 8, and is entitled, A Little Bit Lower Than God. That particular summer had been incredibly hot and humid. And, and up at the lake where we were, We've been going for a lot of night swims before going to bed. And friends, let me just interject here that there are very, very few things in life more refreshing and swimming in a spring-fed pond on the dark of a hot August night. Oh, man. And this night, it was so special. You see, it was about 11 o'clock at night. There, there was a new moon. The sky was dark and unbleached by city lights, and, and one could see the expanse of the Milky Way stretch wide across the heavens. Moreover, it being August, it was also the night of the Perseid meteor shower that year, and for a good couple of hours, we were floating there on the water, and as John Denver used to sing, we saw it raining fire in the sky. It was incredible. But what I remember the most is that while this was going on, I was filled up with this incredible sense of wonder, and it was making me feel with every passing moment utterly and amazingly puny. I mean puny. It was one of those moments, friends, one of those moments in life that comes around every once in a while when you suddenly realize without any doubt at all what a speck of dust you are in relationship to the universe. I mean, it's, it's one thing to feel a part of nature in a way that's up close and personal, but to literally feel enveloped by this infinite canopy of stars bearing witness to the grandeur and might of God's creative power, you can't help but feel so very small in comparison, not only in relation to the world around you, but also in relationship to that world's creator. O Lord, our sovereign, so sings the psalmist in our text for this morning, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, and when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them. Now I dare say, friends, that that's truly one of the big questions of life, quite possibly the biggest question of life. After all, that question from the psalmist gets right down to the basics of our very existence, yours and mine. After all is said and done, why would God ever be mindful of us anyway? 
Why should you and I ever think of ourselves to be anything more than mere specks on the vast horizon of the universe? Just another entree on the lower end of the cosmic food chain. Uh, not to sound callous here, but how could we possibly count for anything more than that in God's eyes? And yet the good news, the incredible good news, is that we do. As W. Sibley Towner uh, of Union Seminary has suggested, what's clear from the opening verses of all of Scripture is that in the beginning, God set all this teeming creation in motion for one reason above all the others. It was to make human life possible, to coax from this buzzing mass of creatures a, a, a creature so like God's own self that it would be said to be in the very image of God, to be the crowning glory of God's creativity. Or in the words of the psalm, you have made them, meaning humanity, a little lower than God, and crowned them with glory and honor. A little lower than God? A little lower than God, friends, that's amazing. Rather than being regarded as something small and utterly insignificant, it would appear that in God's sight, we have no equal in creation. And that's really something to think about. <clears throat> you know, what's interesting is that biologists and anthropologists speak of how it is our ability to speak and communicate and reason that sets humanity apart from the rest of the animal kingdom. Theologians, on the other hand, say that of all the creatures of the earth, we humans are the only ones invited to talk to and work with God. In other words, ours is a direct relationship to the divine. We are the result of God's own image of what we should be. So, in comparison to the vastness of the heaven, we might well be infinitesimal. But that doesn't matter. Because in God's eyes, we are regarded as great and important. And in a very real way, large and in charge entrusted as stewards of all creation, keepers of the relationship that God has with all of that which he loves. Knowing that that's what we're meant to be, friends, I would say that it has a way of changing how we view things. The ways that we care for our environment, for instance, how we regard the sanctity of life in all of its forms. It forces us to, to see that we have some responsibility regarding dominion over the works of God's hands and, and that we are to take care of the many gifts we've been given, most especially each other. Yes, to be a steward of creation is also to be a steward of the people around us all the people whom God has created, all the people who God loves. And that has everything to do with our relationships with one another.
the choices that we make in this life, how we treat others, all others, and the differences those choices make in the care and the nurture of all those, everyone, everything around us. Way back when I was still both a student pastor and single, I was a regular patron of the local movie theater, the Temple Cinema in Holton, Maine. Uh, great little movie theater there. I just loved to go to the movies. Always have, still do. And those days, I used to go to almost every movie that came to town. But, and here's the thing, and I always remember this very fondly, I could always count on the fact that if the movie was, shall we say, questionable, the woman at the ticket counter, who, God bless her, happened to be a distant relative of mine and who knew I was a new and young pastor, she would lean over in the ticket booth and she would see, say very quiet, quietly to me, this one's probably a little rough for you, dear. Now at the time, I gotta tell you, that really offended me. I was an adult, after all. I'm capable of making good and right decisions for myself, thank you very much. But I gotta tell you something, over time I began to realize that some of my choices, especially those as a young pastor, had an effect on others. Such as, for instance, the time that some of the kids in my congregation got busted for sneaking into an R-rated movie that they were too young to see, but who, when they were busted by their parents, told their parents that it was okay because Reverend Lowry was there. Now, in retrospect, it wasn't even all that bad of a movie. It doesn't even compare to some of the stuff we see on TV today every single day. But the point is, is that I realized that that wasn't the kind of message that I wanted those kids to get from me. That by inadvertently glorifying something on the screen that was violent or degrading, I was not only devaluing my relationship with them, but also in a very real sense, I was devaluing my relationship with God. Now, was this a small thing? Yeah, probably. Did it stop the world from changing in a good way? Probably not. But, but the point is, if you and I are being created to be a little bit lower than God, then it follows that our lives ought to reflect the same kind of love and care that God extends to his creation and the people who are a part of it. Not that the world sees it that way. I mean, have you ever noticed that whenever we hear of someone who has been caught in some sort of immoral or unethical behavior, which frankly seems to be happening a lot these days, inevitably it's described as a human failing. You know, which is one thing. But when then when such behavior is explained away, well, that person was only human after all. I mean, as if being human means that we're bound to be failures at every level of life, as though our human tendencies, quote-unquote, are the lesser part of our personalities. You see, that's the very opposite of God's intent, which is that our humanity is ultimately not what's wrapped up in what's bad or undesirable about us, but rather in 
that which makes us precious in the sight of the Lord. Yes, friends, we are human. And we're human because God made us that way. Crowned with glory and honor as we live out our lives in partnership with God. Carrying out a vision of creation that's been in place from the beginning of time. Equipping and empowering us to take care of the world with joy and with delight. Protecting and nurturing one another with love and justice. By the grace of God, dear friends, we have been shaped as the very pinnacle of all creation. You and me, go figure. But thanks be to God that we are. Our challenge is to live that way. Truthfully, and I think you know this as well as I do, we do have that propensity towards self-involvement. We do turn away from God far more often than we ever should. And if you want a theological term for that, it's original sin. Moreover, you and I tend to fall into the temptation of not believing what we're really worth. And that's where patterns of despair, self-doubt, and self-hatred take root. But that's why it's good for us this morning to remember another central truth of our faith, perhaps the one truth that's at the very center of it all, that when God wanted to show the world his great and limitless love, God chose to come to us as one of us, to be the example of that very pinnacle of his creation, to be holy God, yes, but also to be holy human and to do so in the person of Jesus Christ, our person, our teacher, our brother, our savior, and our friend. I mean, what other assurance could we ever need of our place in God's creation and of our role, yours and mine, in God's plan? That's something we can think about today as we feast at the Lord's table, and as we do, May our thanks be to God, and amen, and amen. And that's the message entitled, A Little Bit Lower Than God. And it was recorded on June the 7th as part of our current series of online services of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. And by the way, if you're looking for a way to worship this summer, we invite you to join us for one of those online services. We come together via Facebook Live every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on our East Church Facebook page. And there we have some music, some prayer, and a message for the day. And in these continued days of pandemic, we are finding a whole lot of value in coming together this way. We would love if you could be a part of it. And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening. And I thank you also for the support you've been giving through this podcast over the past year. And I'd love to hear from you about that and find out how you're doing in the midst of all that's going on in our world these days. You can do that by pressing on the message button on the podcast page online or by contacting me directly through the Love to Tell the Story Facebook page. Either way you do it, I hope you'll keep in touch. 
And until next time, be safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day each day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.